Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Inside to See a Podcast. My name is Tom Armstrong from Boya Financial, and I'll be your host for today's discussion. I am super excited to be joined by two other industry colleagues today, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves now. Hi, I'm Lavina Mehta, and I'm currently with um, Investment Solutions at Franklin Templeton. I've been involved in DCF for many years now, um, formerly as a plan sponsor and then as the chair of the inaugural um, Plan Sponsor Institute, and then I'm excited to still be involved um, with um, DCF in my current role. Great, and, and I'm Chris Anist. Uh, I lead our institutional analytics group with Capital Group, and I've been involved with DCIA since its founding. Um, I've largely been in the institutional investment consulting space for the first 17 years of my career, and then joined Capital Group about five and a half years ago, um, focusing on how we can help institutional companies uh, create solutions. I, uh, I've, I've Participated in DC in various roles, uh, most recently on the executive committee as part of uh, the plan design and administrative committee, and uh, been on the executive committee for two years and looking at uh, the next two years to be the chair of that committee. Awesome. Thanks, Chris and Lavinia. Looking forward to having a good discussion with you today. So we are delighted to kick off this uh, this first and inaugural Inside to See a podcast with really a focus on reviewing a couple major topics that we were uh, able to participate in at the DeSia Academic Forum that was held at the Goldman Sachs office in New York City on November 15th, uh, where we had over 300 people attend. It was a great turnout. Um, you know, as part of the podcast, we are hoping to provide insights from, from the forum as sort of observers, uh, as well as members of DeSia. So we, we want to just dive in. And I would say before we get into the content, I would love to just set the stage um, by by asking maybe each uh, uh, Lavina and Chris again to just describe their experience in uh, in New York City in that amazing Goldman Sachs uh, facility that we were able to participate in. Uh, how did that feel? Uh, and and maybe Lavina, we'll start with you. It was really energizing to be in person with so many colleagues, um, both um, from um, the different. At parts of the industry, um, consultants, um, investment managers, some plan sponsors, um, really got the dialogue going and, and thoughts flowing um, when you have a glass of wine um, before the conference at a, at a group dinner or um, at the um, dinner at the event, you know, just um, lots of sharing of ideas and, and um, sparks um, to keep us energized in our day-to-day -day work. So it was really exciting to be there in person. Yeah, I, I completely agree, Lavina. There's there's something that's energizing about being back in person, and the venue was tremendous. Um, one thing that stood out to me was the variety of popcorns that they had at one of the breaks. I I tried the truffled popcorn, which was fantastic. Um, but the the most important thing is during those breaks, you get the chance to ask people like, "Hey, what did you think about that?" and and the academic forum is largely about kind of pushing the envelope on things a little bit, like academia is focused on what's coming next and doing research about what people are doing and how they can get better. So being able to interact with folks there was tremendous. Um, and even more importantly, it's coming back and sharing it with our, our organizations. We actually had a group just before we're recording this podcast where we talked about 
you know, industry influencers, which DCF being a tremendous influencer in the industry, how we can share kind of what we learned at the academic forum. We've had clients and prospects kind of talk to us and say, hey, were you there? Like, can we talk a little bit about this session that we learned something? And, and you know, it, it really gets to to kind of talking more about what's going on in the academic world that eventually kind of leads, lends its way into the practitioner's world, right? That's awesome. So now I'm really jealous that I wasn't there. So I have to admit to the audience, I was supposed to be one of the MCs at the event and I wasn't able to go because I had a horrible fever and cold right before the event. So I did not infect any of you by coming down. Uh, I will say I was able to, in this hybrid world that we still are somewhat living in, uh, able to watch the event remotely. So that was, um, I guess, the next best thing to being there. But in hearing about popcorn and uh, some networking and wine from Levina, I'm pretty, pretty jealous actually right now that I wasn't able to attend, in addition to obviously learning uh, about all the, the the great topics that were were shared. So uh, thanks for making me jealous. I hope to be there in person next uh, next go around. Um, you know, I guess just to kind of transition to some of the content that we thought about, um, I, I loved the fact that there was such a great diversity and array of speakers and perspectives, um, some of which maybe challenged even the status quo or some of the norms that we kind of think about in the industry, um, and, and certainly some of the topics of the moment as well in terms of inflationary environment, um, racial and gender diversity, uh, and then, of course, the ever-present retirement income topic. So, you know, maybe just to start out with a quick review of a few sessions that really stood out, Chris, could could we just ask for your perspective on maybe a session that that stood out for you? Yeah. And I mentioned, you know, the academic forum really pushing the envelope, almost challenging conventional wisdom. And I thought that the forum got out of a gate in a fantastic way by kind of presenting something like that. Um, the first session with Sita Salavov that kind of looked at optimal savings rates and tried to put it in the, the context of a life cycle model and looking at automatic features and what is the optimal savings rates for individuals. It did just that, like it, it got people talking, it pushed the envelope. Um, you know, the research was really looking at automatic enrollment, what a life cycle model would show is the optimal savings rate for individuals. And one of the takeaways, keeping in mind, this is in a, a theoretical life cycle model framework, was that it showed individuals are better off not saving in their early years. And in fact, they're better off borrowing. Um, and one of the things is showing that that lost uh, benefit of higher spending in their early years, that they should borrow and spend more and then actually start saving around ages 36 and 37. And one of the things it did is it, it traded off the idea of I'm going to save a little bit less for longer versus at age 36 and 37. Um, I start saving a little more um, at that time. So the ultimate saving amount was about the same, but you had more of that trade-off for being able to spend. Um, you know, that was a great topic to really get in discussions with at coffee breaks and things because it, it goes against the face of everything we think about, right? Um, Sita did a great job trying to highlight that this is just a, a theoretical framework and looks at the model. She is not saying that you know younger individuals should stop saving, just delivering a message of what a model showed, um, which was to concentrate savings in middle age. And one of the things that kind of pushes that envelope is, and, and Lavina, even you and I, you know, challenged this and wanted to get you know creative at thinking about what that means from a practitioner standpoint, was really around looking at the behavioral aspect of individuals. And when you look at younger workers that get defaulted by auto features, 
you may never lose or miss that, that extra amount that was in your paycheck. But when, if you don't do it from the ages of say 22 to 37, and then you get automatically enrolled, it's a much higher chunk of money. And maybe more, you know, you may realize it more, but it squarely highlighted the benefits of the academic forum of challenging that thinking and getting great discussion going around what people thought of, of what some research and knew and, and, uh, in different models showed. So I thought that was a great standout session for me. So in addition to some of that behavioral aspect, some of the other conversation that was happening around this was kind of has plan design potentially already addressed some of this by allowing um, for participants to take out loans from um, the plan using um, the loan feature, whether it's you know for your primary house or um, other um, necessary spending. So have we added features potentially to already address um, some of this um, challenges? So I think it was really thought provoking to Chris's comment and um, certainly, kind of, you know, makes sense to kind of delve more into this and, and, you know, figure out what works and what doesn't. Definitely a lot of food for thought there. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was thought provoking and, and a little uncomfortable almost, because I don't know about you folks, but you know, I was listening to the session. I'm I'm trying to keep that open mind, but I don't know. In my uh, tenure over 25 plus years in the financial services industry, every bone in my body and everything else I've read said, "Start early, save early." Right? Like all of those messages that we and others have kind of uh, continued to kind of beat. And I think it's it's the behavioral aspect of it. I think that is is a little bit um, uh, of an interesting point, right? I think that. It, it, this session definitely, I thought, was a great way to start because it did sort of challenge those status quo assumptions, make you think, I do think there's something to be said for while we want to build up behaviors of uh, good behaviors that you can sustain, um, you know, maybe maybe we should be thinking a little bit differently for especially some of that younger generation um, in terms of how do they maximize their happiness while and, and not deprive themselves per se. Uh, while, um, you know, certainly also at least getting started with with some sort of savings behavior. So yeah, I thought it was a great, a great start to the session. Um, so so Lavina, what what session stood out for you? It sounds like this was a, a good start on, on your end as well, but I'd love to hear if you had any other sessions that really stood out for you. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, the session that stood out the most was um, the impact of Alzheimer's on retirees. Um, cognitive decline in retirement is well-documented, but uh, the numbers were really staggering. One in three, um, that was more than what I expected. This was certainly a conversation during lunch, and unsurprisingly, almost everyone at the lunch table knew a friend, relative, someone who was um, facing dementia in old age and um, needed, you know, more support than expected. And I think it's really hard, um, you know, for those in the saving space, um, you know, all of us right here, um, as fully functioning, healthy adults to accept that, you know, we, we all may face cognitive decline in the future, and we need to plan for it. Um, so a critical takeaway for me was that it takes a community to support retirees, and employers are a part of that equation. Um, as they may be the first to catch some of these um, telltale signs and can play an important part in getting people to think about how they might want to plan for this um, going forward in, in their lives. Yeah, and one one other comment to that, Lavina, because it's it's great to see like the, the small tidbits of practical information they gave you. Like they highlighted that the big book of planning and, and they talked about individuals that when they experienced 
um, family members that had cognitive decline, like they saw the benefit of creating like the financial family album and just like putting in information where they have this big photo album that just had documents in it that highlighted where they go for here's your, you know, different people that you contact for different accounts. Here's a list of all your accounts. Like those little things that you don't fully think about um, and can be easy to put together. I, I thought that was a good session as well. Yeah, I think that's the thing that's so nice about this conference is sometimes there's really actionable things that you can take away from these sessions. I know last year, uh, Steve Shu spoke about reframing of pennies per dollar instead of percent. And it's like, wow, that was a big light bulb moment, right? Could we actually get someone to think about saving in a different frame of reference? We implemented it in a couple of our websites and we're seeing good results. So it's like, how do you take some of these key themes and messages and actually um, action on them? And, and that's, I, th I think there was a lot of that going on throughout each of these different sessions uh, from, from what I saw as well. I will say on the Alzheimer's front, like, I've seen it at an individual level within my family and at a family level. And, and that said, I'd never really thought about it super deeply uh, related to retirement, retirement discussion, planning for uh, stages of life differently. Um, you know, I think you see this happen in, in different ways to, to folks you love. But, um, you know, there is that planning aspect of it that I think is is super important for all of us to start, you know, considering and, and um, you know, taking taking a light of so. You know, one other thing that's, I guess, somewhat related, um, you know, to, I guess, the aging discussion is, you know, I think we all recognized towards the end of the conference, there were a couple sessions on retirement income or topics, or I guess, related to retirement income. And so I was just wondering if we could just talk a couple minutes on, on those last few sessions. Uh, you know, personally, I found all of the retirement income sessions at the end really interesting. I did appreciate, um, you know, Shlomo Bernazzi, we were lucky enough to get on stage uh, always love to hear Shlomo talk about um, what his his thoughts are and his um, next efforts. He spoke about this this topic or notion of personalized pensions for humans, which I thought was really interesting. And even just the wording of human and and personalization, I think, being key buzzwords in the industry, but also really important pivots to the way we're thinking about things. You know, I I, I sort of reflect back on he's the father of auto features to some degree with Richard Thaler. And while what I heard from him was that while auto everything might have worked for that accumulation phase, um, we may not be able to actually auto our way to uh, success on the decumulation phase. Um, and it, because it's so complex, right? Everybody's situation is different. It's highly personalized taxes, um, different savings buckets we've accumulated over the years. Um, and so I, I did find that session particularly interesting, uh, but I know there were a couple other sessions on the on that sort of same uh, vein. So I'd love to just hear from Lavina, maybe you and then Chris on, on your thoughts in that regard. Yeah, I think we've all understood that um, everyone is unique and especially as they get towards um, their retirement journey. I think some of the sessions kind of pulled out some of the themes a little bit more clearly. Um, definitely women um, are, are challenged differently, especially if they've had um, been in and out of the workforce. Um, they may have lower exposure to financial education, tend to play a larger caregiving role. So certainly um, there's some unique um, features that that um, women face as they go move towards retirement. But the other session that I thought was also very interesting is that where you live actually significantly 
impacts um, how long you live and the quality of life due to differences in regional health care and cost of living. I think um, a lot of us tend to kind of live in our bubbles and not really kind of understand the full picture, but I thought it was pretty staggering some of the statistics that was shown um, around just access to good health care and, and how that impacts um, longevity and, and certainly um, how that impacts um, planning for retirement. Um, another uh, fun topic uh, was kind of technology and AI and and um, how, you know, that's evolving, really helping improve the quality of life for retirees, um, how, you know, technology can actually improve um, safety in the home. Um, and, um, and again, you know, individuals going back to the uniqueness of each, you know, the openness to using technology or AI in their lives can actually dramatically, again, change um, their longevity. So there's just um, so many um, different uh, things to think about as you're kind of, you know, planning for that um, retirement income phase. Um, and then that kind of, you know, the, the thing that one of the things that kind of really um, stood out for me is just, you know, how then that 4% rule of thumb that we use, you know, to think about drawdown is so deeply flawed. Um, and consumption patterns can vary so differently, again, based on, you know, all those factors that that need to be considered. So um, really, um, a lot of food for thought on um, how to kind of um, create more personalized um, journeys in retirement for for individuals. Yeah, and, and um, I, it's funny, Lavina, you talk about the AI aspect. And one of the things I, I thought was interesting in, in the research that they had done was that individuals are, are actually less accepting of AI than they thought, than experts thought they would be. And I think if we think about that, we all have that healthy skepticism of, you know, our digital assistants that we think are always listening to us because we get that advertisement for the thing we were talking about two hours ago that comes up on our phones, when in reality, it, it's largely because of the data that is being collected um, and just part of the, the, the notion of increased technology and access to data. Um, so I just thought that was fascinating in the AI session. Back to the retirement income and, and the broader concepts, you know, the idea of just, we've always touted auto features of being a solution to retirement savings. And some of those sessions started to highlight the uniqueness of retirement spending. You know, putting your money away is pretty simple. You save it, you, you can't, or at least in the normal course of events are not supposed to touch it for 40 plus years. Um, so there isn't a whole lot of uniqueness. You know, there's, there's access to it like loans and hardships, but you know, we highlight that from leakage and, and wanting to try to prevent that. But retirement spending is all about access. And depending on your account balance, other sources of income and lifestyle and emergency access, it looks different for everyone. So I think one of the things Shlomo was highlighting was, hey, you don't know what it's going to look like. Um, and some of the best quotes I heard, well, one from Slomo session was really about making it easy to do the right thing. Um, and solutions might not be able to be automatically applied in retirement income, but they need to be one click or people are just not going to use them. Um, and I think that's one of the hurdles we're trying to figure out right now to kind of solve that retirement income and getting people to understand how to create that paycheck or that personalized pension. And then finally, I, I thought one of the other ones from um, the longevity awareness session was retirement is going to be longer and more expensive than we think. Um, and that's true. And we're starting to acknowledge that. I think that many individuals don't 
fully grasp the idea of having a, a DC market, which really, you know, is, is, is a little over 40 years old. And people are just now where that's the bulk of their assets is in defined contribution. And understanding how to spend that is, is so important um, and running out of money is going to have you in a very dire situation. So I, I thought all of the, the, the information that they brought was tremendous at, at continuing to make us, you know, and bring us all towards a solution to this problem. Yeah, that's a great point. I do remember as you were uh, coming uh, and thinking about slow-mo session, I think there was a comment around many of our tools in our industry today ask you when you're going to die. And, uh, you know, I think that it's kind of like putting it on its head and starting to think about, well, wait a second, if we're actually developing these for real humans, maybe we shouldn't be asking overt questions they really don't know the answer to. Is right. there some other way to to simplify those experiences to to get folks to start thinking about retirement income planning uh, and not getting them necessarily hung up on uh, contemplating when they might when they might pass. So I, I thought some of those are definitely interesting learnings as well. So, um, you know, I, I think in terms of just um, you know, as we reflect back on the whole day, uh, I'd love to just hear from you if there's any other learnings that you took. I know uh, there was some good coffee table, coffee discussions, dinner discussions. It sounds like as well. Any other um, just key learnings or lessons that you um, wanted to highlight for the audience um, that, that you felt came out of the day? Yeah, mine, mine I'll just be quick. Um, it's the importance of looking at what's going on from the research perspective, especially in the academic world, and then being able physically to discuss it with other individuals that are from all walks of life in the industry, from other people in that audience that were part of academia, other researchers at other asset managers, investment consultants, or, or individual plan sponsors, the value of that is tremendous. Um, it helps you keep the finger on the pulse of the market, as well as hear different perspectives of it. So for me, that's that's just tremendous value that you you really can't get um, much elsewhere uh, other than the academic forum at DCF. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, we um, are each in our organizations moving um, the needle in different ways um, to try and solve the problem. But, you know, the value of DCIA really is to come together and move the industry forward. And, and the um, forums like the Academic Forum really kind of help to um, move, move us forward as an industry in a way that, you know, will help all our con constituents, including um, the participants, um, the um, the service providers, the vendors, the academics, you know, just kind of um, getting collectively, getting together and and um, moving in a direction that's positive for everyone. So it's really um, exciting to have that forum. Yeah, I mean, for me, this, I've been to a few of these now, and, and admittedly, this one was remote, but I think a lot of what I've gotten in the past is just inspiration, right? You get to learn from, honestly, some of the best and the brightest in the industry, both from academia, um, networking with peers that are really, we're all kind of in this together. We're trying to help, you know, all, all Americans, all folks across all walks of life, um, you know, have a, a secure financial future of a variety of sorts and uh, and whatever that looks like for them on a very, really personal level. So I think getting a chance to hear from those best and brightest and really then thinking about how can we all as practitioners and different roles that we all sit in um, influence and help, um, you know, real people making real financial decisions um, be on that better path to, to, to financial success. So I, I know 
you know, many of us do get involved um, beyond the academic forum in different elements of DSEA and re other resources uh, that they're providing. Uh, definitely would encourage all of our listeners to check out uh, the, the multitude of resources available um, through the DSEA website, webinars, research briefs. I think the list is pretty long, actually, of, of what they make available. Um, any other final comments uh, before we wrap up this discussion? I know I would love to do this next year with this group, but also with our entire audience, uh, not only uh, maybe at a coffee break, but over a drink. Um, so hopefully we can do that in the future. But any other final closing remarks? All right. I think we've we've uh, used up most of our time. I do want to just give our audience a few reminders and pointers. Uh, so first of all, for a deeper dive into the academic forum content, in case you weren't able to go or in case that you, you didn't write down all of these notes and all of the presentations that we, we were able to experience, um, you can see a forum recap that's published on the DSEA website, so DSEA.org. You'd want to look under the events tab and then go to the academic forum page. Um, members can actually access the agenda as well as the, the speaker uh, page and replays to the actual forum sessions uh, right from that same area. Um, in terms of upcoming, in February, the Journal of Retirement is going to publish uh, sort of a thematic recap of the forum as well. Um, I, I'm going to say we did a pretty good job here. Uh, so thanks to Lavina and Chris, but I'm, I'm going to guess that there's going to be a nice robust write-up um, in the Journal of Retirement. So go check that out come February. Uh, and, and again, to see uh, members will have access to that under that resources section of the website where we have the Journal of Retirement content page. Um, so this does conclude our inaugural episode of the Inside to See a podcast. We really would welcome feedback and ideas for future topics and speakers. So please contact info at decia.org with uh, comments and questions that you have. Uh, and also look for additional episodes following each of our four forums. Uh, and events. Uh, the next one is the Innovation Forum, actually, that's happening in March 8th, 2023 in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, so please go check that out and uh, in register if you haven't already. So thank you so much, uh, Chris and Lavina, and then also the Academic Forum presenters, Desia, and all of our listeners for tuning in today. We appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs>